It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Going to LAX. Oh, Cali? No doubt, baby. No, we got to get this paper. No doubt. All right. I'm up. I'm up. Yo, big. I'm up, man. Like 504. All right, 7.30. I'm going to meet you at the airport. California. Yeah. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy, Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Thursday edition of Lockdown Rams, so you know what that means. We've got Vinny Bonsignor with us today, per usual. We're going to hit him up with some great questions. I had a great conversation with him earlier. There is so much going on right now. It's almost overwhelming. The Rams are in Colorado Springs till Saturday, continuing to practice out there. We'll talk to Vinny about that and how the Rams and the organization's done such a great job about handling all these unforeseen events, whether that is outside in the community or inside with their own team and Mexico and travel plans and all that. But first, want to make sure we mention, go give a follow at LA underscore Rambling Bear on Twitter, Lockdown Rams, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook groups, join, welcome, contribute. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Go give us a follow, subscribe, leave a message, tell us how we're doing, a review, a thumbs up. Let's go, people. Share it with some friends. Got to say welcome to everyone else that is listening. This is five days a week. Rams content coming your way. Your team every day. Only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And check out the network. We got tons of awesome stuff going on. Lockdown NFL is killing it right now with Matt Williamson. Great show. We've got tons of fantasy football podcasts that are great. And go give them a follow on Instagram. It's Net. And they do all the best stories from the local experts every day. If you just watch their story, it's boom, there you go. You're caught up on the day from around the country. Hosts like me getting up there and sharing what's happening to their team. So go give them a follow as well. They post a lot of my content, so thank you to them. And then some quick news. We'll talk a little bit more with Vinny about it, but it's went under the radar. Pharaoh Cooper will be designated back from IR that will be the first person to actually that will use that on. And then Talib will be the second. Those will be our two. Remember, we only get two players to bring back. So for all signs, this means the end of the season for Mike Thomas, wide receiver who hurt his, I believe, his leg earlier in the year. He will not be coming back. Uh, Farrell Cooper and Aqib Talib will both use those positions. So we'll talk a little bit more about that with Vinny. How does Farrell fit back in this team? When can we expect to see him? I'm starting to like these things coming together. Once we can get through this bye, have a little extra time to rest and bring back some new faces. And again, don't forget Oboe. He's been activated onto that 53. We're just waiting to see him on that game day roster of 46. Well, enough blabbling. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pitch it over to the conversation I had earlier today with Vinny Bonsignor from The Athletic. Guys, go give him a follow at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter. The Athletic, if you don't have a subscription, it's awesome. It's a couple bucks a month. And they do some great content. Vinny is killing it over there. But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time, peace. Here's my conversation with Vinny. I'm going, going back, back to Cali.
All right, Rams Nation, we are back. This is the Thursday edition of Locked On Rams. We've got Vinny Bonsignor with us. He is a writer for The Athletic LA. He covers the Rams, NFL. Vinny, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good trying to remember where I am. I don't know if I'm in Los Angeles or Colorado Springs or on my way to Mexico City. It's just been it's been kind of crazy, but I think I'm in Colorado Springs. Yeah, well, from sure. looking at some of the snaps and uh, images coming out, it looks cold, so you do look like you're still in Colorado Springs. Um, and you're in the elevation. One of the reasons that the Rams went out there to practice, getting ready for Mexico City. Obviously, um, a whole bunch of stuff has gone down in the, in the last week since we talked. Obviously, uh, we talked almost a week ago today, and we hadn't had a shooting yet. We hadn't had fires yet. We hadn't had all this stuff that was you know thrown into the lives of the Los Angeles Rams. And then um, you know they go out and play Seattle, a tough fought game, get the win. They head over to uh, Colorado Springs, where you guys are now, and then that the first couple images of the Mexican field come up uh, down at the um, Azteca, and then now here we are uh, going back to L.A. Talk to me about this whirlwind of a week being next to the team and, and everything that's gone on. Unprecedented. Uh, I can remember um, I used to work for the Los Angeles Lakers way back in the day, and, and we had the L.A. riot. Um, right in the middle, literally the night of a, of a playoff game against the Portland Trailblazers. It started right there at the Fabulous Forum, which was not very far from where the riots were going on. So you had a game, and then you had news flashes, you know, television watching, watching the riots. And then that series against the Portland Trailblazers, um, a couple of days later, had to be switched. The home game for the Lakers had to be switched to Las Vegas uh, because it just wasn't safe. Uh, for fans to get out to the forum. Um, so it, it reminds me a little bit of that, a little bit different dynamics, but just that right at the spur of the moment kind of upheaval, disruption, and how do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Um, and, and that's on the Rams now, you know, and, uh, and, and it's tough. You know, their families got uprooted. Many of their families got uprooted. There were more than, I think, at last count, 100 or so employees, coaches, and players who had to evacuate because of the fires, which were really close to their practice facilities. You had the, the shooting, which was just completely tragic uh, and out of nowhere. Um, and, and they're dealing with that because it is the community that they live and work in. So, you know, and then, and then this, with the Mexico City game being being canceled and, and moved back to Los Angeles, it's just been one thing after another. But, you know, they're, they're a pretty conscientious, smart, um, veteran group. Uh, I don't think they're going to use any of it as an excuse, but there's no doubt that it's caused some disruption. Yeah, and we're going back to L.A. for a Monday night football game. The first time the Rams have hosted a Monday night football game in the Coliseum since 1973. Uh, they faced Atlanta. They beat them 20-14. to 14. I don't expect that to be a similar score in this game. Obviously, uh, you know we're expecting some high-octane offense when we're going in here. A couple cool things that I wanted to share that I've seen, and you may be able to speak a little bit more on this as tickets were released to uh, season ticket holders, I believe, last night and then again this morning to the rest of the fans. But they're giving away thousands of tickets, the Rams are, to first responders and families that were involved, whether it was in the fires or any of the incidents that happened over the week. But talk to me about how the ticket sales are going and, and what the Rams did in kind of a quick turnaround to get this uh, show back up for the Coliseum. Yeah, and it's it's definitely still ongoing. There's a lot of logistics. People that weren't expecting um, to have to work uh, at the Coliseum um, now they are. 
uh, you have to get them credentials and you have to do the parking, you know, our parking, we didn't have parking for, for the Monday night game. I still am not, not quite sure exactly how that's going to, going to be handled. So there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes. I think it's great what they're doing for the first responders and, the, and their families, um, definitely warranted and, and, and deserved and anything that we can do, you know, as a community to help them because they are working their butts off trying to knock these fires down. And it's one fire after another and they're getting stretched really thin. So any kind of relief, I think is going to be tremendous, um, for them, but you know, then there's the, I'm not quite sure how the ticket sales are, are going, uh, just yet. I would imagine that it's going to be a good turnout. I mean, this is a great game. Um, you know, I think that just the, the newsworthiness of it, um, you know, a lot of people have obviously uh, they know what's going on, and I and I think that it being a Monday night game, it's the first in '79. Uh, just to, to clarify, um, the first time since 1979 that the that a game has been uh, a Monday night game in Los Angeles. I believe that's what it is, uh, and it was against the Atlanta Falcons. I think June Jones threw a couple of touchdown passes in that game, by the way. Um, oh, wow! So I think that LA is going to rally together, and I think they're going to um, put on a really good show. Um, on, on Monday night, and I would expect a pretty pretty strong turnout. Yeah, L.A. has a way of, you know, filling up things late. You know, I was looking on, there's some tickets on some secondary sites right now that aren't terribly priced. I think it was like a, a 65 get-in-the-door type of price, which isn't terrible. I mean, not the best seats, but the Coliseum can't really go wrong. They built that thing so you can see it from anywhere. Uh, we expect those probably to rise and sell out near the end. And you never know. I mean, the Rams have released tickets, extra tickets before. Maybe it's something they do again. But at this point, I think there's so much going on. They're probably just going to try to get it sorted and not try to do anything too crazy. I've got a couple more questions with this and, and more. What we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after some words from some of our sponsors with Vinny Bonsignor, Locked On Rams, Thursday, right after this. I'm going, going back, back. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a post-mortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trail Blazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. 
Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Vinny Bonsignor is with us. He is a writer from The Athletic. Guys, make sure you go give him a follow on Twitter. It's at Vinny Bonsignor. He was all over this story when it was breaking, getting people up to date information, obviously being out there with the team. And my question for you to kind of lead off this segment was, were the Rams really heavily involved in this decision to move the game? I know I heard players come out. They wouldn't say who it was, but we know Todd Gurley really hasn't been a fan of these international games. But how much were the Rams, did they play a part in getting this game moved back to L.A.? I think it definitely um, was a collaborative effort between the league, Chiefs, and the, and the Rams. And, and certainly when you have players speaking up um, and basically threatening to, to, not, to not play that game out of, out of concern for their safety, which I think they're 100% in the right uh, on, on that, um, I think that tilted the scales tremendously. And, and you know, it, it's, it's really heartbreaking for, for the fans who, you know, put a lot of money out there to buy tickets. Those will be refunded, thankfully. Uh, but also plane airline tickets and, and uh, uh, you know, ho- made hotel reservations and just set aside money and maybe didn't do anything or, or you know, uh, decided not to do something on, on that end to be able to pay for, for this trip. For them to be, um, you know, to get caught in the middle of this really sucks for them, uh, to be honest. And, and I put that all on uh, the stadium uh, and who operates it. Uh, they had one job, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was to have a stadium ready for an NFL game. Uh, they had year a year to prepare for it, and they failed miserably. And a lot of people are going to get affected by that. There's going to be money lost on a league level. They'll make that up. That's not a big deal. But it's an embarrassment. Um, it's bad PR. It's just a bad luck all the way around, you know. And I and I do feel bad for those fans that uh, uh, you know that that got the short end of the stick uh, right. um, on, on this. But yeah, it was definitely a collaborative effort between the league players um, and, and the teams. Yeah, well, I'm one of those suckers uh, that is bought tickets, yeah, right. hotel, uh, everything. Vivid Seats reached out to me, and they're going to refund the tickets, which I you know, obviously oh, expected. But I did see some things that if you got your airline ticket through American or United that they were going to waive the changing fees. I, I have to look into it because we booked through – uh, Euro Mexico, and I don't know if they've said that yet, but I think we're actually. I'm going with my girlfriend. I think we're still going. We had booked about four days of all these other adventures, and it's kind of one of those things. Nice. Where it's, it's not the way that it was planned, but it's kind of funny that I'm going to be going down and watching a game I thought I'd see in person. Uh, but I'll be I'll probably be watching it while drinking tequila and looking up and seeing it being played about two miles from my house, which is like the weirdest thing ever to think, okay, I'm going to go farthest way possible to watch <laughs> this game. But we've got a bunch of other things, and I can't let it ruin my time. And, and I know that, um, as I mentioned, I'm going with my girlfriend. She had it all you know, taken off time, and we had built all these other plans around it. So we're not going to let this rain on our parade. We're just going to be watching a game there from Mexico. Go. I got my Mexico shirt with my Todd Gurley on it, so... They're gonna be. They're gonna look at us. Hopefully, we find a few other Rams fans down there. But you're right. It's it's tough for a lot of those people. I know seeing on Twitter, a lot of people canceled and trying to back out of it. And for me, it's just like you know what? I'm just gonna go with the flow. And 
and watch a good game. But it is sad to miss out on that NFL experience. And you're right, Mexico had one job. The guys with that, you know, were in control of that field. It's <laughs> shocking that the NFL wasn't a little more involved, kind of watching this thing play out through the last couple of months, especially. Uh, but yeah, unfortunate situation. Good thing for LA Rams season ticket holders that didn't want to go. Uh, they got a great game to watch. And, and for LA, you know, it works out for us in a sense because. You know, if this was Kansas City's home game, we would have been going to Arrowhead, and that's a really, really tough place to play. So if you look at it out of all uh, things considered, it maybe is a little bit of advantage for the Rams. But then again, Patrick Mahomes out on a perfectly conditioned field. I know I was starting to think, well, maybe it will slow down that offense. Well, he's going to have a, a nice field to play on. So makes for a good game. But uh, getting back to that game, the Rams are actually, as we mentioned, still out in Colorado Springs where you're at now. Uh, they were going there to practice in elevation. They decided to stay. Maybe talk me through. I don't know if they mentioned it at all and why, but will this help their conditioning? And, and it's weird. It's almost like a road game for them. They've been on the road. Now they come, come into the stadium. I think they're coming back Saturday to play. But talk to us about that decision and maybe how it can affect the game and, and moving forward. Well, I think um, you know they, had, they, they, they left Monday night for Colorado Springs. Uh, the decision happened um, you know, late Tuesday afternoon, uh, trying to get my time straight now. I, 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 it's been a blur. But I think since they were – there were a couple of things. Since they were already here, checked into their hotel, you know, uh, they have everything planned over at the Air Force Academy. All their gear is here. Um, everything is here uh, to, to practice, staff members, everything. So logistically, uh, they felt like, you know, why hightail it back and then just bring everything back? It's just a big disruption. Uh, to come and then go on such short notice. But even, you know, even even with that, I think that even more than that, I should say, is that, you know, with the fires still going on back home in Los Angeles, and I heard a new one popped up yesterday uh, near Westlake Village, not too far from the from the practice facility. You know, the air has been, um, you know, a little bit tricky near their, near their Thousand Oaks facility. I think that part of it also um, uh, played into it. You know, you've got a lot of, a, a lot of players, um, and their families who have been dislodged because of the uh, because of the fires and, and had to evacuate their homes. Uh, guys are slowly but surely starting to get back to their to their homes, but not every, not everyone was so uh, was able to get back home. Um, so I know I was talking to Les Snead uh, on Monday, and he hadn't gotten back to his home yet. So I'm sure there's players that still that fit into that category. So all of those things considered, hey, why not just stay? In Colorado Springs, we're already here. We are, we're dealing with everything that we're dealing with in, in, in Thousand Oaks. Let's just use this as a bonding experience, get our practice in, get back on Saturday. I think that's when they're going to be heading home now. Um, and and uh, plenty of time to get, to get settled back into L.A. and, and uh, prepared for a game Monday night against the Chiefs. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of last year when they went on the road to Jacksonville and then they stayed an extra week in Jacksonville and then flew out overseas again to their international game this is a little different but like you said kind of that bonding experience of being like listen it's gonna be a hassle we just got here we planned on being here x amount of days let's just stay here head back to la you know on the scheduled day we're gonna leave and you saw a bunch of the guys out at a basketball game and you saw a bunch of other guys hanging out around uh going to dinner and things like that so you're right it's kind of one of those weird bonding trips uh heading back to la but very kind of brought some similarities to last year when I saw him stay in Jacksonville and and uh, we we saw how that turned out went on the road and I think we ended up winning a handful right after that anyway so uh, it's gonna be a great game I got a couple more questions for you we'll throw one on this side and then we'll catch catch a few more on the other side uh, some more news that broke today scheduling for the Rams seems to be a fun topic today 
but the Rams have been flexed to the night game Sunday, week 14, December 9th for Chicago. So we went from, I think, a 1 o'clock game out in December where it sounds already pretty cold, and now we're flexing it to the night game, so it will definitely be cold. Uh, talk to me about that game being flexed and kind of the excitement that that can bring. I'm getting cold just thinking about it, number one. <laughs> um, Soldier Field on a Saturday night in December. What could go wrong? Um, so, uh, yeah, but I figured it was. I, I you know, had, uh, had the Lions you know, kept winning a couple of weeks ago. I felt like maybe that was going to be a game that they would think about uh, flexing, although since they had to, I mean, they go to Detroit on the second, uh, and then they turn right back uh, around and come go, you know, go to Chicago uh, the week the week after that. I thought it would have been a little bit unfair to have them play a night game Sunday night in Detroit, come back to Los Angeles, only to head back out to Chicago that following Friday. That would have been a lot. So this makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, the Bears are playing pretty well. Uh, hopefully they'll uh, hold up their end of the bargain uh, and still be playing relatively well by the time they, they play the Rams to give the national audience a, a pretty big game. But it shows you, you know, this obviously they, they flexed the Rams out of the Monday night game against the 49ers due to the 49ers status. And that was probably a good decision based on right. the game that uh, it ended up being. Uh, but it shows you, you know, how far the Rams have come in a lot of ways because two years ago, A, they wouldn't have been on a Sunday night game. B, if they were on a Sunday night game and they got flexed out, nobody would have been in any hurry to try to make it up and get them back out uh, onto, a, onto a Sunday night. But the Rams have some star power to them. They've got, uh, I think, a national uh, buzz about them. And I think that shows how NBC said, okay, we're going to reluctantly flex you out because the other team is terrible, but we're going to get you right back on there uh, as soon as we can. And that's exactly what happened. So um, the Rams are definitely uh, catching a lot of people's eyes right now. Yeah, and L.A. in general, the the week 13 you were mentioning that you thought if the Lions held up a little bit better schedule, we might be flexed there. But the Chargers are being flexed with Pittsburgh Steelers, so back-to-back L.A. primetime games. And I know uh, some people of this podcast are like, yeah, we don't care about the Chargers at all. But I still love to see L.A. getting some exposure and kind of anytime the Chargers are on, you know, they always seem to mention the Rams a few times and, and vice versa. So Good to see, like you mentioned, a couple of years ago, no one was in a hurry to try to get the Rams flexed back into a schedule um, if they were moved earlier. So back into the into the limelight, a great game. Uh, that Bears defense is super scary. I don't know what's more scary, that, that cold or that defense, but we did find out we can play in the cold uh, when we played in Denver, one of the coldest games in NFL history in recent years. So that's kind of a good thing to put in their minds, knowing that they can go in there and still play their game. But uh, that's going to be one that we'll keep an eye on, and I can't wait to talk to you about that in a few weeks. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside, get a quick word from some sponsors. We'll be right back. Thursday edition, Bear Motter and Vinny Bonsignor. We'll be right back. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. All right, Rams Nation, third and final segment, Locked On Rams Thursday. Bear Motter, Vinny Bonsignor here talking over all things that happened in this crazy last what, 10 days, really. No more NFL Mexico. We're heading back to L.A. Well, not me. I'll be down in Mexico drinking plenty of tequila <laughs> and uh, making sure everyone down there knows who the best team in the NFL is. So we're, someone's got to represent down there still. Uh, but we have a couple of things that are moving along this week that kind of flew under the radar due to all the other stuff that's going on. But 
Uh, we had mentioned this last week with the IR spot, and you know we knew Talib was coming back. He went on TV and basically told us he was coming back. Uh, Pharaoh didn't do so right. much the same. He kind of stayed quiet, but the, the team announced uh, that we're going to be bringing him back from the IR and back to the 53-man roster. So that you know we we you know it's not official that Talib will be the other one, but we're pretty pretty much sure. So those are our two um, IR spots that will be coming back. Uh, should we expect him kind of like the same with Talib, you know, coming off the bye, or or can he really just be plugged in uh, this week? Where's his health status at, and how does that all work out? Well, he's looked good to me, um, and he's been coming along, and I know he's itching to get back out there. I've talked to him a little few few times on the side, just kind of winking, "Are you ready?" You know, "How's it coming?" You know, and and uh, and he smiles and you know nods, and so I'm 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 assuming that he's they wouldn't put him on the 53 man roster. If he wasn't ready to rock and roll, um, that's just not you know how they do how they do uh, business. So um, if there's opportunities for him to get on the field uh, and, and and make an impact, they'll figure it out. Uh, I can imagine. I've always thought. I always figured that you know before the injury, he was going to be a guy that we saw on that fly uh, sweep action because him with his hands on the ball is a pretty is a pretty uh, entertaining right. uh, thing. He's got some running back in his background. Uh, I figure that he's probably going to get some opportunities there. Um, and I know that, you know, he's sort of been not cast aside, but, you know, uh, because of his special teams prowess, the Rams were reluctant to get him out on the field because they didn't want to, you know, hurt him because he was such a factor. You know, we got to remember he was a Pro Bowl returner last year and, and was strong in the punt and, and uh, kickoff return. Uh, but they seem to have both of those bases covered now, you know, with Blake and, and, and JoJo. So, you know, maybe this means that he's going to get some more time on the field, especially with Cooper Cup's. Uh, injury and I'm kind of excited to see what he can do because uh, people forget he was a he was a pretty entertaining player uh, in college at a, at a highly uh, you know athletic explosive type of a player and uh, you put that kind of athletic ability with a guy by the name of Sean McVay and a quarterback by the name of Jared Goff uh, who can who can deliver the ball you might see some 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 things from Farrow Cooper so uh, uh, kind of exciting to see where that all heads. Yeah, I'm ex- really excited because there wasn't too long ago that everyone was, you know, JoJo Natson came out and really burst onto the scene, and you're thinking, you know, our, our wide receivers seemed very much in place, and you're going, man, what's going to happen when he gets back and healthy? Where's he going to go? Then all of a sudden, Cooper Cup goes down, and, you know, we've we've used a few different people in returns. Obviously, it's been JoJo for the most part, but uh, getting a chance to really prove, you know, as a receiver, and that's kind of something coming into this year that we're all kind of waiting to see a little bit more of. And like you mentioned, getting into Sean McVay offense uh, even deeper uh, in his second year with him. So there were some high expectations, not only I think for the fans, but himself. He wanted to get into that offense, and he enjoys making the Pro Bowl as a returner. But I'm sure, like every other wide receiver, they want to get in the game and make some plays on that side. So um, you know, with him getting back, depending on how healthy and and field condition and really you know that way as far as the wind goes. Um, hopefully we can get him into the offense and get him making some plays and fit into that role. And like you said, that jet sweep, that would be great for him with, uh, you know, getting the ball in his hands and just let him make some plays, uh, if he gets a few blocks. So something to watch for, hopefully we see him sooner or later. And it's kind of exciting. You know, recently we've gotten Oboe, Pharaoh's coming back and to leave. It's like, we're catching our win for this second half of this season coming out of the bye, hopefully all healthy, uh, majority so far. So other than that, are there any other injuries to report coming into this game? Uh, not that I know of. Um, we've been, uh, we're not going to have access to anybody until tomorrow, um, or until, uh, you know, Thursday morning. So, um, you know, uh, but I don't, I haven't heard uh, of anything. The Cooper cup injury, obviously just a devastating injury. You know, you feel bad for the kid. You feel bad, 
because you know, um, you know how much how important he is uh, to this offense. You know that that three wide receiver set is pretty special, um, right. as special as it gets uh, in the in the National Football League, and so that's a significant loss. Uh, but you know, you get excited, you're excited for Josh Reynolds, uh, who's been coming on, uh, Farrell Cooper, see what he can bring to the table. But other than that, no, I haven't heard any uh, anything uh, in terms of uh, any serious type type issues heading into that game. So as we talk about heading into this game, uh, there's a game. There, we're going to play a game. <laughs> you know, it's not just going to be yeah, schedules. A big one. And, yeah, a big one. And it's crazy. There's been so much noise around this game, and especially with you know the Mexico issue and coming back and all this stuff and the fires and there's just so many other things going on. But there is going to be a really really good game. We know about these offenses, right? We know these guys are great on both sides of the ball, whether it's running it or throwing it. Uh, I saw you tweet out, and it's a good point here, but the Rams are 12th in points allowed as far as the defense goes, and the Chiefs are 16th. Do you think this thing is going to come down to really a defense to win this game, and what could you see being the difference in in that game? Basically what it's been almost all year, except for teams where they are just so vastly superior to and are able to you know, win in, in blowout fashion. It's going to come down to a play here or a play there defensively. Um, you know, you expect the Kansas City Chiefs to score points. I mean, come on, you know, uh, just as the Saints did, just as the Packers did, um, just as the Vikings did, you were talking about really good offensive football teams, um, you know, that, that, uh, that have a lot of weapons and, and do a lot of great things um, schematically to give defense trouble. So what the Rams have shown, and I try to point this out, um, it's not going to happen all the time. This is why you lose every once in a while. But what they've shown a great ability to do this year defensively is buckle down when they need to buckle down. And in football, uh, especially today's NFL, the world that, that they live in, which is so offensive-driven um, and so catered in a lot of ways to, to, to the offense, that becomes what it's all about, is just being able on a, you know, getting the team off the field a couple of times off of a third down, um, you know, making a stand in the fourth quarter or when it needs to be made. And if you look at the Rams, and it's kind of interesting how they do do this, but it's uncanny how Aaron Donald comes up with sacks sometimes on third downs, right? Um, or when they have to have it in the fourth quarter, somebody steps up and makes a play. Um, I'm not saying they're not locked in and focused uh, at all other points of the game. I'm just saying when it has to, has to happen, they've shown a pretty good ability to do that. And I think that that's what it's going to come down to on either side now, um, whether it's the Chiefs or the Rams defensively getting that one key or a couple of key stops at the right time to give their offense a chance to maybe go up by two scores um, and, and, and build that cushion uh, and then withstand uh, the offensive power, firepower from the other side. To me, that's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a couple plays that are going to be the difference in this game, and it's going to come on that defense side of the ball, and if you can make that big turnover, you can get that big stop or – force a missed field goal or force a field goal instead of a touchdown. All those type of things come into right. play. And you're right. We're, we're a very good closing team. I mean, good luck blocking Donald, Brockers, and Sue for three quarters. But when you get to the fourth quarter and you're a little gassed, those guys aren't. And we've seen it all year long, especially with the addition of Fowler coming off the edge. It, it adds just a little extra uh, dynamic to that group, you know, adding some speed on the outside. So I, I'm with you there. I think it's going to be a couple plays. I know people want to see – a dominant performance from this defense. Well, it's not happening this game. I don't expect it to happen this game, and I don't really need it to happen this game for a win to come out. Just a couple big plays, and you know that probably could get it done. It's going to be a hell of a game. Right now, my bookie, and we do this every week, has it at about a point and a half to two points in favor of the Rams. 
Uh, the over under is at sixty three. Might as well do both of them because it's so entertaining. What do you think uh-huh. about the spread and the over under? And and you know how would you place the money this week? Um, I, I I would put it. You know I'm going to stay consistent here uh, and 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 put it on the uh, on the Rams. Uh, and especially at that at that point spread, it's basically you know uh, a field goal um, type situation, which I expect it to be. Now whether it's going to be a twenty one eighteen field goal game situation <laughs> or a fifty one forty eight game, that remains to be seen. I wouldn't be surprised if it's the high end uh, one, um, but I do think coming home, being at the Coliseum. Uh, understanding uh, again the significance of the game, and and they could pretty much sell. They may have, they'll know, um, you know, uh, going into that game uh, if they have the uh, ability to, to wrap up the division title with it based on what happens with Seattle earlier in the day. So um, I think the Seahawks are playing on Sunday. But, but um, there's a lot that they can, that they can uh, there's a statement that they, can, that they can make. There's a division that they possibly can win or, you know, put themselves in, in a much good, better place to win it. Um, it's, it's a game against the Chiefs. I, I just think that, and then there's a lot going on in Los Angeles. They know the significance of it. Uh, I just feel like we're going to get a uh, an A-type uh, game from, from the Rams on Monday night. Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you there, too. I think uh, it's basically a pick game in a sense, and I, I think I like the Rams here, home field advantage, you know, uh, coming off a big win against the Seahawks. They play on Thursday, so by the time that game um, you know, yeah. is over, on Sunday, you're right. We'll know if we've got that thing wrapped up or not. And if not, it's going to happen in a week or two. <laughs> it's only it's going to happen. Yeah, right. But yeah, I, I think uh, I think if I was a better, I wish I kind of kept an eye on as the Mexico field issue was happening because I heard the the over under dropped about five to eight points as people were looking at that field. So if you got in early and got that bet in that window. Uh, before they switch the game back, you got a heck of a deal. But I think it's at about 63 points. I'm going to say over. I think you mentioned like a 51-48 shootout. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, but we thought that with Aaron Rodgers and this team, and it kind of was a little bit lower end. Obviously, some points were put up late. But uh, it's really hard with the NFL to really predict something like that. You think all these guys are going to come in. But you know what? A return game for Marcus Peters. Has he had a chance to talk about? I know you said you talked to the players tomorrow, but... Um, and maybe after the game or earlier in the week, has he mentioned anything about playing his old team? Not yet. He is going to talk from what I understand Friday, I believe is when he's going to talk. So we'll find out. Obviously that is definitely a sidebar, uh, to this, to this game, but you know, more importantly, I think for him, just building off a fairly solid game against the Seahawks. I know the Seahawks didn't throw uh, too much, but when they did throw to his side, um, he was in position to make plays or to deny uh, receptions. So a good step forward. Uh, for him after a disastrous game against against the Saints. That's what I like about Marcus. Um, he doesn't make any excuses, and you know, and uh, he, he he buckled down on Sunday. Uh, and you figure you're going to get his most focused, um, uh, you know, kind of a game on 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 Monday night. But fans need to understand it's a really good offense. Obviously, it's well schemed, it's well executed. There's tremendous talent across the field, so. There's going to be plays made, and you're just going to have to have to live with that, um, and and just hope you make a few more stops uh, to to give your 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 Jared Goff in the offense uh, a chance to to put themselves ahead. Definitely, great game by Peters last week, and hopefully that is what he's focusing on, just compiling a couple in a row. I'm sure there's a little extra motivation, and we all look forward to your coverage on Friday when you get to talk to him because. Marcus Peter is not shy about giving everyone a quote or talking uh, uh, exactly right. how he feels. So we'll enjoy those questions when you get a chance to ask them. 
Uh, we'll let you go for now, Vinny. We'll talk to you next week. Have fun at the game, wherever it may be. Right now it's L.A. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But uh, best of luck. Travel safe. We look forward to all your coverage. Guys, go give him a follow at Vinny Bonsignor on Twitter and go check out The Athletic. We'll talk to you next week, Vinny. All right, guys, have a good one. And uh, if I don't talk to you next week because it is the bye week, happy Thanksgiving. Perfect. You too. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, Cali. Uh, I'm going, going back, back to Cali, Cali. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.